Today's uh, episode of the podcast is What is the DCBN? I'm Louise and, and I'm, I'm Diane. And it's Diane. We're on video today, aren't we, Diane? I know, it's, uh, it's a bit nerve wracking, but you know, needs must. We're in different places, aren't we? So hopefully this will work really well. Yeah, so we well, normally we would do podcasts, but now we've been told we've got uh, Caitlin's come along, join the team and say, guys, you've got to go on YouTube. I watch podcasts on YouTube. And we went, oh, oh, good. That's what we want to do. <laughs> so thanks, Caitlin. Here we are uh, on video. Yay. And um, doing our podcast. But today's one is what is the DCBM? Um, and they, I'm going to cover, obviously, along the way, we're going to cover a lot about what the DCBN does. And we're going to kind of go through a bit of the history of the DCBN. And when I was planning this, I was thinking this is could be quite therapeutic. It's been a bit PTSD along the way, hasn't it? It's been quite, it's been quite the journey, hasn't it? Definitely. <laughs> so, um, so um, yeah, if you, if you see that we get a little bit stressed at certain points, there's a reason. It's been a very testing time. But great fun, absolutely the best thing ever. So, Diana, I'm going to throw the question to you first of all. What is the DCBN? What is the DCBN? Well, we're a membership organisation. We're a trade association. We're here to, well, our mission is to kind of change the industry, really. Isn't it? And we started out with that big passion right back at the beginning, didn't we? Yeah, I think it's quite hard, that question, because the answer is so big, isn't it? What is the DCBN? Um, so, yeah, I think it's comprehensive. It's it's an idea. It's a philosophy. Yeah. And that's what people get behind. It's the idea that we want better for the for the industry, really. Yeah. And we work tirelessly to come up with new ideas and ways to make it better for everyone within it. So as you mentioned there, we started as a trade association. But let's tell the background story because it actually started a service station, didn't it? Oh, no, it started before that. It, it did. Yeah. So I was part of a, another trade association, helped start another trade association way back. Um, and we parted ways. We, we had different ideas as to what we wanted the association to do. I put a post out on social media um, about, you know, that and um, not in major detail. And Louise sort of, I think your probably your eyes lit up, didn't they? That there was... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, so I'd never spoken to you. So I'd never spoken to you. I'd seen you talk at an event and um, you friended me on social media. I felt a bit special when you friended me, if I'm honest. I was like, oh, she friended me. Um, And then you put that you'd you'd left this particular organisation. So through a mutual friend, Karina, um, I contacted her and said, come on, let's do it. To which I got thoroughly rejected and went, no, we're not doing it. Do you have any idea how much work's involved? And I was like, Yes, I do. That's why I need you or you two on board. Um, and I got rejected again. <laughs> and they said, no, no, we know how much work's involved. Not a chance. I was like, go on, go on, go on. Anyway, about four weeks later, they were like, do you want to come and meet us at the service station? To which I went, yes, I do. Yeah. <laughs> I shall yeah, let you all, keep going from there. Yeah. So of all places for this all to start off, yeah, we met in a service station. They say the first time I'd, I'd met you properly, um, obviously I, I knew Cremaina really well. And yeah, it all kind of started from there with quite a big dream and, and a real sort of sense of wanting to do something for the industry. Yeah, I think uh, I definitely know that when I was there, when we say dream, we kind of brainstormed as to everything we wanted to do. I would say that I was pretty overwhelmed 
around. Um, and when we stood there and we went, right, we want to change these really fundamental parts of the industry. And I went, okay, that's quite big. And I went, and how are we going to do that? And there were a lot of blank faces. And I was like, okay. I was like, right. So we'll come up with some ideas as to how we're going to do this then. And, and we really did, didn't we? That's, yeah. Um, yeah, we, you know, we, we made that decision and um, I think it's suffice to say it kind of it's changed our lives a little bit. <laughs> I think every single one of us. But we when we started out, there's no doubt that we faced a lot of it was an uphill battle. Um, and then one of the first things we tackled was actually domestic cleaners didn't have access to training or, you know, chemicals and I know that I was speaking to chemical suppliers and they were going, no, we don't supply to the domestic cleaning industry. I was like, what? <laughs> Why won't you supply to us? And they were like, you don't use enough. And I was like, what do you mean we don't use enough? And they were like, no, we only supply to commercial. I was like, but we virtually are commercial. So it, then we either had to go back and really collect stats and data. Um, and that's the first Facebook group was invaluable for this, collecting the stats and data. And between the, the five directors we had at the time, um, I think we had turnovers of two million. It was around yeah. about that. And we went back and went, right, here you go. There's a two million pound turnover. Do you want to supply to us now? And they went, well, you're domestic cleaners. And we were like, yes, please, will you supply to us? Um, and they sort of fobbed us off really for a good few months until Avika went, oh, all right, then, you know, we'll give you a shot. Um, they started supplying in smaller quantities. They, they would sell one litre bottles of concentrate. Um, and then it, I think there was a real breakthrough moment where Avika must have been at some kind of trade show and mentioned to some of the other suppliers that they were working with us and actually getting really quite good quantities coming through. And I think that week it was me that took about four phone calls from suppliers going, we'll work with you. I was like, no, we'll work with who we want to now. <laughs> but it's it, you know, they the the suppliers started to change quite rapidly once we'd once we'd broken them. Yeah. And that's become part of our role, I think, hasn't it? To make other people in, in the industry, but outside of domestic cleaning, realize that domestic cleaning is a whole range of businesses and they can't kind of make assumptions about the industry unless they understand it. And we're kind of their gateway to understanding it. Yeah. And and still you speak to people and they go, well, domestic cleaning. Well, that's like my mum's friend with a bucket. And I'm like, yeah, there's, there's more to it than that. Yeah. All right. Do you actually do many houses? Yeah, quite a few. Like, yeah. And you go, really, really? Is that what you think of us? And um, but, but attitudes are really changing. And it, it's great now post COVID going to the cleaning shows and they do really take take us seriously. Maybe yeah, not. and I, I mean, I've had some follow up from the, the cleaning show we were at recently where I've been talking to suppliers and they're really, really keen to work with us now. And that's a big change from back in 2019. What do you mean when they wouldn't take our phone calls? Yeah. <laughs> they actively <laughs> avoided us. You know? <laughs> now, oh, it's amazing. And for the members, how good is it? I, I'm, I'm surprised the discounts that they now get off 
really the major suppliers now that will that do work yeah. they will um, they all work with us now so yeah absolutely and that's that's been a big change and you know our principle has always been you know you'll pay for your membership many times over just with the discount so it's almost like you know you're a member for free because you can get so many great benefits but yeah the, they're exclusive discounts now and that's you know one of my jobs has been this week is speaking to some new suppliers who are really keen to be you know giving great deals for our members as well as you know we've also got our current ones which give great deals so we or you i say we you uh, negotiate great deals but the dcpm made quite an unusual step as well didn't it behind the scenes um a lot of the suppliers do give commission obviously if people go there and we made what seems to be a very unusual decision when i tell people now um what did we do yeah, well, we made a, a, it was a very conscious decision as to why we were doing it, but we made the decision that we would not accept commissions from suppliers to give them access to our community, because that's not really our role. We're a membership organisation, we're there to support our members, and getting those great supplier deals is part of what we should be doing and really commissions from suppliers creates an odd relationship that we decided we weren't comfortable with. Yeah, it meant it was strange when they were giving commissions, we had an obligation to advertise them. And we went, not really an advertising company. And I think if, if you come on the DCBN, don't get me wrong, we will share the logos, we'll tell you about these. But there's no pushiness. And I think you'll see that pretty much through the DCBN. We're there to support, you know, we don't mind if you use the suppliers or not, we don't get any kickback from it. And, yeah. and that was a choice, the direction that we wanted to take. Yeah. And for the suppliers as well, if they don't sell anything to our members, it costs them nothing. You know, it's so there's no obligation on anybody's part. It's just a really great it's just part of the community, isn't it, that we're building? Yeah. But it's been lovely. And, and I was talking to someone about this the other day um, when problems happen. And I wish problems never happen, but they do. So I think Zenmade went down um, and. I watched the conversation unfold on our page and somebody posted, oh, Zenmade's gone down. Um, and a mar got on really, really quickly, owner of Zenmade. And he said, well, has anyone actually reported this? No one had reported it to Zenmade. He went, we're in the US. If it goes down at nine in the morning, we're not going to know for another three hours. So would you please report it? And I think it's lovely that the suppliers have the chance to, to actually not just answer the problems and questions and we had this when Avika had a problem so there was a it seems like ages ago now a lorry driver crisis across the UK no one could get deliveries for love nor money and of course Avika couldn't deliver the products much like every other supplier and people like to come on and say you know they've let me down they said it'd be one day and it's been three um and he could answer it and yeah. in quite an informal way which I think yeah, suppliers get a direct connection with you know and become part of the community alongside us as well. As well as you know, we've got we, Peninsula is a, a, one of our partners, and they're fantastic because they're in our groups answering questions on employment law. So you know, it's it's just such a useful part of the community for us, which is another reason where it's you know it's there's no commission. It's just give a great deal and great service for our members. Yeah. And it, it makes a difference as well, because what it means is the information that we're quite often giving is correct. And what you see a lot on groups and organisations is misinformation. 
Um, and I, I can give a great example that actually happened today. The DCBM put out a wonderful post about, what was it, waste carrier licenses. It was very interactive. It's a lovely post. And as domestic cleaners, you can get a free waste carrier license. You should get a free waste carrier license. And this particular post was shared into another group. And they disbelieved the post. And they said it wasn't true. Um, and what's lovely for us is actually you have the authorities within the industry on our groups who are saying, well, no, let me give you the links to prove it's true. Whereas when it got shared into this other group, no one was backing it up. No one was justifying it. Um, and so the 600 odd people that were in this particular group, they can get given the information, but they don't have to absorb it and they can't fact check it. Whereas in ours, actually, you're being provided with links and everything else. Absolutely. Yeah. It, like you say, authority, it's like, no, we've researched this. We understand it. This is the information that you need to make the right decision in your business. Whereas, you know, social media is, you know, a great place to share information, but it's also a great place to share opinions that aren't necessarily correct. And misinformation. How yes. much have we seen this in politics? Let's not talk about politics. Yeah, let's not do that. <laughs> let's not talk about politics. <laughs> oh, we are going to come on to politics in a second, though, aren't we? Um, so let's talk about the DCBM. Um, 2019, we started. So we officially started in October 2019. Um, and we launched at the NCCA, uh, Carpet Cleaning was it carpet? I can't remember. Yeah, it's the National Carpet Cleaners Association show yeah, in Harrogate. Yes, very near you. Oh, it was amazing. You know, the support from people was amazing. So we launched in October and I think it was December they first found COVID-19. <laughs> so yay, we got our website just about up and running, um, everything set up. And we were in our nice flow. Facebook page was going. We were, you know, everything was going great. We had members. We had members, you know. <laughs> and then March 2020. What yeah, happened? Big, big month for all of us, wasn't it? It was a big month for DCBN, a big month for our members and for our own businesses. Yeah. COVID, we all, yeah. Everybody started to think, should we be closing our businesses? It was, yeah, it was traumatic. Well, it wasn't, should we be closing our businesses? And I think I was debating it for about three days before. And we closed it on the Sunday. It was about a day before they said, right, yeah. you've got to close it. So as domestic cleaners, we were sat there going, oh, my goodness, my business is closed. And to be fair to the government, they were saying, we'll provide support, we'll help you. Did we really believe them? We didn't know when it was coming either, did we? I remember on the Friday, they they, they announced the furlough um, scheme. Never heard of furlough before. I don't think any of us had. Um, so, yeah, so we did a lot of research on it. And, yeah, I made a decision to close my business on the Sunday as well, based on what I'd read about furlough. But we had no idea when that money was coming. And you know, our members were the same. It's like panic. Yeah. And I remember we were we were getting the deposit together for a house. I think the first two months I racked up £40,000 in payments before we started paying, getting it back from the government. I was like, yeah. you know, how do you realistically fund this? Who has that kind of cash in the bank? Absolutely. And I know certainly those that were self-employed, they were like, well, their, their support wasn't announced until a lot longer afterwards. And then it seemed quite difficult to get. And those with staff were like, okay, it's great, this fellow scheme, but how am I going to pay them in the meantime? They're on weekly pay. Yep. So yeah, there was a lot of people really quite scared. Yeah. I think business owners, staff, and obviously they didn't know. And it wasn't just that they were paying the staff. They all had overheads and they had customers going, 
I've, I've got to stay open. You come back. And they were going, well, are we key workers? Are we not key workers? Oh, gosh, I remember the key worker debate really well. Yeah. It went <laughs> but you say you remember the key worker debate. The DCBN stepped into its own and you were a driving force in this. Yeah. And, and I think, you know, one of the things that we realised was that the industry was crying out for some support and there wasn't any. And I'm not talking about financial support here so much, but more like, how does this apply to me? Can I work? Can't I work? How can I work safely? There were so many questions. And every day, of course, the government were giving us updates. And again, people were going, I don't really know what that means. So we made it our mission to pretty much kind of translate what the information was going out and how does it apply to our industry so that a couple of hours after the information was released, we could be releasing information for our our network, our community, to help them sort of find their way through. So we were watching Boris Johnson, I remember, watching it going, right, in two hours' time, I've got to go live with the translation of this with links as to yeah. what's happening. I was like, oh, my goodness, yeah. quite a lot of pressure. I know. I would, sit and, I would sit and watch Rishi and take notes. And then what was so annoying was afterwards, sometimes the journalists would publish something, and it's like, that wasn't what he said. I was watching, and I took the notes. So I was forever double-checking over that couple of hours just to make sure we got the information right. So, so yes, there was a lot of work that went on. And um, to be fair, the DCBM boomed at this point, didn't it? Because we were doing something so unique and different. Yeah, it boomed in terms of, you know, people being aware of what we were doing and the support that we were giving. But we actually made another business decision at that point that meant as a business, <laughs> we weren't really booming, were we, Louise? No, we suspended all membership payments. So <laughs> we did all of this completely voluntary. Yeah. At, well, we had been up until this point anyway. So the whole lot, even for the DCBN. Yeah. So I think from, from the end of March until June, we we suspended all membership payments. We didn't charge our members anything. So we were literally, yeah, just volunteering to try and help the industry at this point. But it was it was good for raising awareness. Um, but yeah, what probably wasn't, you know, with hindsight, it was a great business decision, but at the time it was a scary business decision to not only have our cleaning businesses closed, but to also not charge our members anything. <laughs> so we were funding the DCBM because there were still costs associated with the DCBM. Oh, yes. so we personally funded it and worked our butts off during that time. So anyway, we'll move on from that. Yes. <laughs> well, why did we do it? Why did we do it? So, <laughs> oh, no. So what happened next was obviously uh, we all became biohazard qualified. Um, and I think prior to this, we'd worked really hard. I know you and I had worked really hard on training our staff and using best practice. And I know that I've mentioned on previous podcasts, my staff have been through MVQs. But I don't think we really knew what to do with the pandemic. We didn't really know about COVID. Uh, yeah. It was scary. So we made the decision um, to pay our biohazard teacher to take that knowledge, which even on the biohazard course, we were struggling. We were going, well, how does this apply to domestic cleaners? You're telling us to do that, but that's physically impossible. Um, so we paid for them to basically translate biohazard cleaning. So infection control. So we don't teach people how to biohazard clean, but we took the biohazard cleaning as infection control and reapplied it to the domestic cleaning market. 
world precedent i say world maybe not world but it definitely wasn't really done in the uk yeah yeah so we we created a course didn't we um based on that consultate that consultant that had given us the information as to how we could apply it to the industry and we rolled that out again completely free of charge to the whole industry not just to our members um and yeah we put a lot of people through that course during the pandemic thousands thousands i felt like i was doing it every other day (laughs) so lots of online Um, And it went on to have major impacts. It was used to influence policy on Scottish government. It was used, I think, uh, some of the big, um, I don't want to name them, but some of the big holiday let companies. Yeah, Yeah, they used it as part of their guidance, didn't they, for holiday let owners? So alongside the course, we put out... uh, Chrissy did an amazing job, put out, what do we call it? Like information, like a fact sheet. Yeah. like It wasn't a fact sheet. It was a really good... It was like a guideline. Yeah, yeah working safely with COVID, wasn't it? And a, and a guide to working safely. Yeah, Really, really good. Um, so, so people started, DCBM members were well ahead of the game on this stage, getting yeah. back to work. Um, and I remember we, it, actually. I remember this sort of ripple of knowledge because, you know, safety data sheets and everything to do with caution, risk assessments, most importantly, especially risk assessments around COVID and working in people's homes. It was like this sort of ripple that our members took the knowledge and the learning and, and educated themselves. And then it kind of started to ripple out into a wider community, didn't it, that knowledge? It, it's really strange looking at it now because that was two years ago and that was really big to us. Um, and we were like, yes, the industry's changed. And at the time, it really did. Actually, two years later, having just released a tiny piece of that knowledge now, it's actually all new information. There's so There's been such churn in the industry in the last two years yeah. that they don't necessarily know what was what became very commonplace two years ago. Yeah. And I know when we we kind of we, we rewrote the course, didn't we, sort of January, February this year and re-released it um, with less of a COVID focus, but all around health and safety, risk assessments and understanding chemicals. And yeah, it was interesting because some of our members that came along did a refresher, but there was for a lot of people, it was new information. What is a safety data sheet? Why do I need to understand dilutables? And why do I need to understand all these different things? Even just using gloves, some people, it was new knowledge again. Yeah, chemical resistant gloves. They're not all chemical resistant. Shocker. Um, sorry, shouldn't be a shocker. Um, but again, the numbers that were interested when we released a course, we were having to release multiple courses because we could only put like 200 people on a course. Whereas now we're going, guys, you really should come on the course. And they're like, no, I don't need it. Yeah, it's interesting how the COVID became that sort of impetus for people wanting to work safely. We know we want to work safely all the time. Yeah, gloves aren't (laughs) just for COVID. Like, you know, infection control, spray. Anyway, I won't keep going, but... Um, so, so that made a really, really massive difference. Um, and we were through 2020 completely overwhelmed with just getting people back to work. And um, we started lobbying, campaigning. We needed the government to make changes. Um, and Scot- Scotland in particular, they had a yeah. really tough time. They were time. closed down for a long time, weren't they? And it, and, and like, I think perhaps in England and, and, and Wales and, and Northern Ireland, it was... Some of the regulations were kind of like you, you it's advisory, whereas in Scotland it was very much no, you can't work, wasn't it? 
It was, yeah, it was a lot tougher for them. And I remember even, I think I went to Scotland, 2021 end of it. And I was like, oh my goodness, they were really strict on masks. Whereas in England, we'd, who wears masks anymore? <laughs> we'd really relaxed the mask policy. So I did notice they were a good sort of six months behind on their policies. They were a lot stricter, a lot more careful and safer, yeah. probably better. Yeah, perhaps, but a lot harder on businesses. Yeah. And they didn't give any financial support. No. That's where the cleaning companies struggled like crazy. And this is where, again, it was uh, Kelly, Chrissy, really lobbying hard. Yeah, absolutely. So that brought us nicely into 2021, which was a strange year for the DCBM. We, we probably struggled more in this year than previous years, hadn't we? Yeah, I think we kind of got caught up in COVID and trying to help people through that and then people getting back to work. And then, of course, the recruitment crisis had been massive throughout 2021. So it felt like we were reacting to what our members needed at any one point. But we really we lost our direction a little bit as to what the DCBM was all about. Yeah, I think we'd, we'd gone in. If you think back to 2019, we wanted to change the industry. We did this. In 2020, we did change the industry. But it was a bubble almost. And then in 2021, we went, what happens now? Uh, and yeah. we had to remember who we were again. And that was, that was, you know, we carried on doing what we were doing. We were doing webinars. We were doing a lot of webinars, a lot of training. We have a phenomenal webinar library, don't oh, we? It's amazing. Yeah, and forever, we're forever pointing to people. At, if the answer to your question is watch that webinar. It's 40 minutes. Watch it because you'll learn, you know, it's brilliant, our training library now. I'm really, really pleased with it. It's just part of, you know, what we, what we deliver is amazing. And I love it because on social media, somebody will ask a question. You go, I can't answer you in even 10 sentences. I couldn't answer you. There's a half an hour video on the answer to this. And if you watch it, you'll have it answered. And it's so nice. Whether they watch it is entirely their choice. But but the point is, it's there. How do I put my prices up without losing customers? That's the big one at the moment. Yeah, there's a webinar on it. There's a webinar. You know, we talk about it for 40 minutes. There are so many different tactics and you can choose and we explain how to do it. And if you watch that and don't do it, it's, it's madness. But we can't answer you in two, three sentences. No. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, amazing webinar. And we got a lot of the suppliers. We had so many special guests. We got real experts in. I love some of them, how to get a mortgage as a self-employed person. Yes. Gosh, yes. Yeah. It's, it's just those sort of niche topics almost, but it's not niche. It's 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 not just about your business. It's about your life as well, isn't it? And how your business can help. And yeah, yeah definitely. How, how I like to learn how to employ uh, people from abroad because there's a lot of different yeah. legislations, how to clean holiday homes. Yeah. If I deliver another webinar on recruitment. <laughs> yeah, we we did several on recruitment last year, didn't we? Because it was such a hot topic. I can't recruit. Help, I can't recruit. Okay, let's give you some tools that you can. And there's, they're there. Those tools are there for our members to use forever, you know, because recruitment is always challenging in this industry because you almost have to be constantly recruiting. But... but- I think I delivered about four different webinars on recruitment and each time it was because it's such a big topic. It was almost a different take on the same topic. So one of them was where are we going to advertise? And definitely with recruitment, people go, I can't. I've tried everything. And you go, have you, though? Have you? Here's a list of what you could try. Oh, I've done two of those. 
<laughs> yeah. What about the other 40? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, there's a big list. Yeah, absolutely. But yeah, that, that's the, the great thing about it. And of course, we did our mini masterminds as well. They've always been amazing. We did Love all those, those online, didn't we? Um, alongside the webinars, we would have our members get together and, and support each other and brainstorm. On a, um, Again, we did recruitment. We did, mark, you know, we did every sort of topic, but we actually brainstormed it together. And I like those. Uh, they were a little bit of my favorite. They were your favorite thing. They were my favorites. Yeah. Um, but they were good because it's quite interesting. You can get an ebook or a fact sheet or read a blog on just about any topic that we teach. You can also then watch the webinar. But what um, I definitely found is people absorb information in such different ways. And I found there were people where I'd literally like, I didn't literally scream, but I'd whack them over the head. I'd screamed at them all the information. I hadn't actually done that. And then suddenly someone who was in the same situation as them would give them the tedious bit of information. They go, oh, a light bulb. And I'm like, oh, do you know how hard I've tried? <laughs> but yeah. that's where the magic for me really happened because people would absorb the information and it worked for them um, in the masterminds when they heard it from someone they connected with. Yeah, absolutely. So it was really nice to allow them to share their knowledge together. Um, and, and that's sort of part of the community that we've built, isn't it, is to support each other. Yeah. And that's if you ask anyone and I've had the pleasure of doing the testimonials and you say, you know, why are you in the DCBN or anything like that? They're not staged. If you watch them, they do genuinely answer whatever they want. And I never know what they're going to answer. Um, it's the community. It's the people. I don't know anyone that hasn't made friendships from the DCBN. Um, yeah, absolutely. Unless yeah. you don't get involved. Yeah, but it's surprising, isn't it, though? You know, sometimes they create local communities as well, don't they? Which is, you know, part of what we want to do is create those local communities. Technically, they're competitors. <laughs> That's not really how it necessarily has to work. No, I think it's a lovely time at the moment because there is more than enough business for everybody. Um, they're not... I think even, you know, 10 years ago, we were seeing each other as competitors, perhaps. Some people still didn't have that attitude where they were about collaborating. Uh, but now there's no way you can think of someone as a competitor because, you know, there's so much work. All of you combined couldn't do the amount of work. Yeah. Um, and this is why we're rolling out these local networking events, because the benefits of working with other people um, and there are people that have met up with local competitors and they've ended up starting businesses together they've ended up sharing staff particularly if you've got self-employed staff they have a lot of the time they need to have a second job well if you can work with one other person and you both know each other as business owners and can share those staff and, and can negotiate and juggle it it can be fantastic for the staff for the business owners um, when you say, you know, I've got a big project on, I need six staff. And then the next week, I haven't got enough work. Can you give it to them? Yeah, it's absolutely. And also, I think when you're sharing knowledge and it's your local area, because how often do we hear? In fact, I, I was there was a price um, thread on one of the Facebook groups, wasn't there? How much are you charging? And it's and the, those that are not charging enough, in my opinion, are usually because they don't believe people will pay more than they're charging. But it's always it depends on your area. And it really doesn't. But when you start to talk to people in your local area and have those conversations and brainstorm around pricing, you realize it's not area dependent because there are people in your area charging 25 pound an hour and there are people in your area charging 12 and everything in between and it's the same in every area
area in the UK. And but I think you only start to realise that when you're networking with people and you and you sort of start to realise other business owners in your area are going through the same challenges and you can work together. You can improve the whole industry together. But the other thing that I like, and perhaps this is a slight character flaw, which I don't like to admit to. <laughs> the other thing I like um, is that little bit of um, competitiveness. So when I get together with a group of business owners, um, particularly in my area, and I like to look at others and I'm like, there are some really inspirational people that I've met some of these networking events. And if someone is doing substantially better than me, I look at them and I'm like, you're a normal person. Like you're the same as me. You've got kids. You know, I was using that as an excuse and you're not. And I kind of go, well, if you can do it, I can do it. And I, I don't know if that's competitiveness or actually I find them an absolute inspiration. I think I think I like to look at it as inspiration, but, but also maybe it's a reality check for ourselves as well. Like, well, I can do this, you know, and sort of that motivation, I suppose, to to achieve more because you've got an example there. Yes. And, and I definitely felt that's what I lacked when I was in my own little world for a decade um, and was like, yay, I'm doing really well. But actually I didn't know until you started to see others. Um, that's what the, I mean, we're named after networking. We are literally named uh, domestic cleaning business networking. Yeah. So rolling these out around the country is amazing. Some of our hosts, they are amazing yeah. um, when we were doing the training sessions with them and I was like oh, probably a little bit better than me okay great go do it go, yeah. go rock it out um really down to earth lovely people but gosh do they know the industry and what they're doing yeah absolutely and I love the training I mean a few of them we made them step out their comfort zones in terms of just chat just little notice shall we say in terms of just stand up and talk to us and um, but actually they all stepped up it was amazing and yeah they they are inspirational so yeah the, the energy in the room and um our hosts um and what's nice about these networking events is they're not pressured so you can turn up and you can listen you can take part or you can not take part and you can choose to implement nothing um but that is up to you. I obviously do, because it kind of makes sense. There's some real gems in some of those. Yeah. Um, so that really brings us on. Obviously, we've just sort of strayed into 2022. It all changed in December 2021, didn't it? Or probably Christmas at yeah. that point. Um, and we pretty much launched the new DCPN. Um, and we probably didn't make a big announcement about it because it was so complex and we didn't want to make a big announcement because there was so much going wrong with the website changes and the software, but oh, I love it. I love the changes now. Yeah. Go on, I'll, I'll let you explain. Yeah. It's been, it's been a scary, exciting, really hard work few months, hasn't it? Making so many changes in the background and preparing things and just yeah, what we realised, I think, and, and I suppose our, our all business owners go through this, is the way that we'd set the business up wasn't going to serve us for the future. So we needed to make some fundamental changes underneath so that as we move into 2022 and beyond, we've got that stability, everything works better. And of course, you know, we can add team to that because they've got structures in place to work to. Whereas, you know, if you try and add team to a, an unstable business, 
business. It just it, it causes chaos. So yeah, we make so many changes, but it was it's been tough, Louise. It's it's brilliant. We had a, a chat yesterday, didn't we, about what's going on at the moment. It's amazing, but it's it's been hard work the last few months. And you mentioned something that I think we have to bring in because this has been a fundamental part of the DCBM back in end of 2020 when we were overwhelmed beginning of 2021 um we were all volunteers obviously we've already mentioned didn't get a penny for this um and we extended the team we put on an affiliates program and goodness the dcbm members stepped up i think we had about 12 people that said right i want to volunteer my time to work alongside you guys and the knowledge and the enthusiasm and they were fantastic and I think that was probably one of our biggest, I see it probably from you and I as our biggest failure point, possibly. I think you, I, some of the other directors, you know, I feel we slightly let those guys down a bit. We just didn't have the structures in place. You know, we, it's, it's, it's ironic, you know, because we've, we've built businesses, we understand all these things, but when you're doing something as a kind of volunteer and you've got such a, an emotional mission around it, you don't always make the best business decisions. And I think our associate program had all great intentions, but, you know, tr- working with a team of volunteers with no structures in place was tough. So it was, it was, you say it's one of our biggest failures. I think it was one of our biggest lessons Lesson, that we need that to apply what we know about business to the DCBN and yeah. then it will work. Yeah, we didn't have any management structures. We didn't have any communication routes. Um, and, and I feel, you know, these people were phenomenal. Actually, they did a really, really good job, but we somehow couldn't pull it all together. And that's, you know... It's a learning decision thing, isn't it? And and if I said to you now, what would you do differently if you had to work with a big team of volunteers or otherwise? What would you do differently? Um, I would I would spend more time figuring out how that team is going to work together, how they'll be managed, have clear roles and responsibilities and clear accountability because that was a big issue. When people are volunteers, how do you hold them accountable? So yeah. And again, as I said, it's just applying really, really good principle, business principles to the DCBN. But it's quite interesting, isn't it? Because I know that you and I talk to businesses that have got 20-ish staff and they've got all these management problems. And we go, oh, we've sorted all of those in our own business. We know exactly how to do it. We coach it, we teach it, and we still made the same mistakes. Yeah, yeah. And it's because I think we weren't thinking of the DCBN as a business when we were making those decisions. It was a hobby. We were making a difference to the industry. It was an idea. It was a philosophy. Yeah. So, you know, but the good news is this time round, <laughs> this time round, we went, oh, no, we're going to get that right. Like, yeah, so it's, it's all about systems. It's about processes. And what's lovely now is actually you can see the members can feel that our customer service. Um, you know, right now we're going through a massive membership software um what you call it, update, change? We've yeah. been managing this, so you tell us what we've been... We've changed our membership software in the background. It's going to be amazing, but we have to transition everybody. And Lucy, who's our administrator, she's been working with us for quite some time. Has she started in September? I don't know. I was looking Might have been before that, December. but anyway, she's been with us quite a while. She's really super efficient. So we're the ones that have all these crazy ideas and we you know, we, we know what we want the DCN to DCBN to be she helps us put that into place but she has been amazing this last couple of weeks as our members have been transitioning so yeah they're getting that great level of customer service support that 
They were getting before, but on a much more ad hoc basis. <laughs> yeah. Like if you message me, you kind of get whatever answer of whichever mood I'm in at the time. Whereas Lucy, templated, consistent, you know, people have a specific question and she'll send you a video of actually what to solve. Yeah. Um, just, just amazing. And then newest team member, uh, Caitlin. Welcome, Caitlin, yes. who will be editing this podcast. Please, Caitlin, edit the podcast. <laughs> Um, so we've had a slight problem with the podcast not being edited, webinars not being edited um, on time. And the reason for that is the same old story. It was down to volunteers. Um, in this case, my husband, who's a very busy bee. Thanks, Gaz. <laughs> Thanks, Gaz. <laughs> I mean, amazing. He's done it for the last year. Um, but beekeeping season has boomed, swarms all over the place. And he's going, come on, Louise, come on. I can't give up all that time. So... Again, this is about structuring your business so it's it's sustainable. And yeah, so Caitlin is our marketing guru. She's video editing skills. Yeah, she's she's brilliant. We we love her already. Thanks, Caitlin. And you will have seen a big change as well to our Instagram. So this has been new for us, social media. Um, I say new. I took it over now two months ago. There's been some feedback. You played with it always... for a while, didn't you, Louise? I tried really hard. The feedback wasn't always complimentary. Apparently, <laughs> it wasn't pretty. But whatever. So, um, great. Well, we've got Caitlin now to make it pretty. <laughs> Apparently, Caitlin's going to do it properly now. So um, <laughs> she did say I can throw in the odd ad hoc whatever I fancy doing. So, um, so yeah, we'll keep going with that. Um, but anyway, so DCBN continues to be the idea. Um, and it's really interesting. I was talking to um, a really big influencer in the industry uh, yesterday, and the DCBN has everything that a cleaning business wants, the templates, the webinars. You want to run a cleaning business and get it right and be compliant and do everything. Honestly, the DCBN is a one-stop yeah. shop. I guess what our challenge is that we've talked about over the next couple of months is really letting the right people know because I know that when someone was looking at it they were saying well you seem to appeal to cleaning businesses and I went yeah but as soon as you start cleaning and charging you're a cleaning business but not everyone agrees with that point of view so yeah so they call themselves self-employed cleaners don't they we think they're running a business because they're sole traders that's a business but yeah it's that perception isn't it that we need to reach out to so over the next couple of months we're going to become Maybe a bit more personal. I think we are personal. Don't like a bit of pressure. I am. <laughs> okay. So anyway, so it's more um, tailoring it because a self-employed cleaner needs exactly the same things. They say, well, I don't need terms and conditions with my clients because they're my friends. Well, yes, you do. You still need a cancellation policy. And actually, we don't want you to be scary. We don't want you to put contracts in place if that's not you. But actually having five terms and conditions to explain to that customer how you work will protect you and them. And it just makes you more professional. Yeah. It heads off a lot the problems down the line doesn't yeah. it and having you... a keyholder contract it doesn't have to be scary just download our template yeah we've got a one-page contract and we've got a, a much more in-depth one you choose yeah. yep. and adapt it as well and the other thing the biggest thing for self-employed cleaners and um, what happens you know this story we tell it all the time so what happens is cleaners become really really good cleaners they boom and they get lots of customers suddenly it was great and then they come and have a chat with 
us or someone else. And we go, how much are you charging? And they go, £11 an hour. And I go, you're not making any money. You would be better off working in Tesco's. You're not making minimum wage. And they go, yes, I am. I'm making £11 an hour. Um, Anyway, that argument got rather repetitive over quite a few years and people got very annoyed with me. So in the end, we produced the solo cleaners spreadsheet and that was groundbreaking. It's really simple. It's an Excel spreadsheet. I think it's on Google Forms as well. I don't know what we've public. You can have it neither. I know both got produced. Um, and it lists every possible cost. So if, for example, well, energy prices have just gone up, but the cost of washing, a batch of washing of your cloth is 60p. No, it isn't. It's 20p. And then drying it is 60p. So we're just going to ask you, how many washes do you do a week? And then did you produce any leaflets? How much does your website cost? Actually, how much are you paying for insurance? And you can put that in as an annual figure and we'll work out per hour that you work, how much is attributed to that. And it's really interesting that at £11 an hour, £12 an hour, people don't make minimum wage. Um, but it's giving them the power, the knowledge, the facts so that they can play around with the figures and adjust it and go, actually, what would I need to change? Because it isn't always putting your prices up. You know, if you're spending two pounds for every wash that you put on, why? Are you doing it at the laundrette? You know, are you doing everything with method washing cleaner? What's going on? Yeah. Um, and sometimes, you know, maybe they, they, they've got a client that they picked up when they first started that's actually 15 miles away from where they live. And they're still going to this client and it's maybe two hours a fortnight at their lowest price. But they, they kind of they're not analysed it. So maybe they've got some other clients that are subsidising that one. So, yeah, it's, it's understanding that. And that, that's where that spreadsheet came in was just really your actual costs. That's how you know how because the £11 an hour is not what you're getting. No, no, they'd be lucky to be breaking seven or eight. Um, and it's really surprising. And the other thing that a lot of business owners don't do is think about their time. So, yeah. you know, us sending out invoices and then chasing two days late, Mrs. So-and-so. Well, OK, it only takes five minutes. But actually, that's time that's really adding up and adding up and adding up. And yeah. it's also our stress levels. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. And it impacts on family life. And yeah, it's a it's. It's a cost. However you analyse it, it's a cost. And if you decide to do before and after photos and videos, well, that's great. But actually, that takes you half an hour to produce those reels and share it. I yeah. know because I produce some of these things. Um, <laughs> and um, yeah, you've got to take it into mind. Anyway, so, so that's gone out. So we're really looking at, we're not reinventing the wheel because we already have everything, but potentially looking at actually focusing it so that it's more usable and user-friendly for uh, people that don't necessarily identify how we identify them. So they might identify as solo cleaners, self-employed cleaners, um, but continuing to support the businesses and those that identify as businesses and taking on Everyone staff. who's working in the industry, you know, can access the support. Yep. And we have got a lot more planned for 2022. Yeah, there's a few things in the pipeline, Louise. <laughs> so much so much are we going to talk about it here this is really what is the dcbn and what's it been so far so uh so much out there and um the lobbying we will continue working with other groups as well um to get the best deal for it and you know we want we would like more cleaners to enter the market so getting people in from abroad yeah absolutely lots of lots of campaigning lots of you know, training, lots of, you know, 
being your voice, I suppose, in the industry to kind of make sure that domestic cleaning isn't ignored yeah, um, so it's as provide, part of the wider industry. Providing best practice, training. We've got training courses coming out. Um, so you, you, again, nice and easy to put your staff on training courses. There's already training courses within the DCBN and access to it from partners as well. So if you want your staff trained, you can put them on an online course. You know, if you're part of the DCBN, you get that all for free. Um, put them on an online kind course and they've then got the training and you've got the certificate to prove that you've got trained staff. Um, And this has been invaluable. I was talking to someone yesterday, they're going through an insurance claim. And the first thing the insurance company said, it was a scratch on the floor, was, are your staff trained? Well, of course, they whacked out the certificate straight away and went, they're trained. You know, and that's a floor scratch. I mean, how trained do you need to be? They were only mopping the floor, but... It's really important. Insurance companies can now ask for these kind of things because they exist. Yeah. So, right. So, in answer, what is the DCBN? It is monumental. It's an industry-changing, one-stop shop for everything, for everyone. Um, there's everything. There's so much in there. There's training. Yeah. yeah. Training, discounts, resources, support everything that you could possibly need. I really, really wish it had existed when I started my business in 2008. And on top of all of that, you can phone us. If you don't know what you're looking for or where to find it, you can phone us, message us. Um, Messenger, the ways of getting in communication are madness now. WhatsApp, I'm not even going to list them all. I, I even answer at the moment the Instagram questions. We're getting them on Instagram, Messenger. Yeah, it's great fun. Um, perfect. Thank you very, very much, Diane, for a chat. Um, I look forward to seeing you in the next one. Our next one is on online presence. And I know we've had some quite different experiences across our businesses, haven't we? Have. we? Yeah. Be interesting. Looking forward to it. Thank you very much. Bye. Thank you.